Welcome to the Simply Waterfowl Talk podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining us, and I hope you all enjoy. What's up, what's up? What's happening, fellas? No, nothing much. And it's been a while since we got on here, about a month, huh? Yeah. Probably pretty close. Man, life just gets busy. Gets I, was, I was just about to say that. Yeah, I've been out of town for like two weeks. Um, y'all were working up there in Dallas, weren't y'all, Chance? Uh, Dallas, basically up towards Oklahoma. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, what y'all been doing besides work to uh, keep y'all's mind off of duck hunting? I'm Counting the days here lately. Yeah. I couldn't even keep my mind off of it. I've been practicing like every day. Practicing your calling? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It's only way to get better. Yeah. Yeah, my my wife went on a cruise with her mom to Mexico, so I got to stay at home with the kids. (laughs) So we... We ran around and all through the marsh, up and down the river, and all that stuff in the boat just about every day for two weeks. Hell yeah. So. You like that new motor you got? I, I remember I've seen it. Yeah, I, I like it. The only problem is I bought a long shaft because I was going to buy a new hole to put the motor on. And then I decided that I liked the motor on the boat that I have now because the boat's fast. And so I'm, I'm going to take the boat to a guy down in Santa Fe and have him build up the transom. And that way with the jack plate, it'll, it'll work. So right now the, the shaft on the motor hangs too far. So it drags and I'm only, I'm only getting about 30 miles an hour out of it. Oh, when in that real shallow water. Well, just, just in general, the, where the cavitation plate is on the shaft, it's mm-hmm. supposed to be equal with the bottom of the boat or just slightly above it. And right now it's about an inch and a half below the boat with my jack plate all the way up. Oh, so, okay. Uh, the motor's dragging me and, and I'm losing some speed out of it. So, yeah. but I think once I get that all lined out, I think I'll be pretty happy with it. Oh yeah. That's good. Um, I don't even think we told you, uh, we found some used decoys for a pretty decent price. There you go. How how many yeah. did we end up getting chance? Shit, I think it was like eight, 86 or something. 86, yeah. Um, some of them are older and need to be touched up a little bit, but uh, 80, I think we paid, what, 160 for 80? Yep. Decoys. 160 for 80-something decoys. Yeah. And we got some of them, uh, them butts, whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the butt floaters. I think we got a Drake and a Hen, didn't we? Yeah, it was just a combo kit. It's just a Drake. Yeah. You talking about the the Ripplers? No, it's it's just the the floaters, just the plain no. Jane butts. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, I guess we can hop right into it. Um. I wanted to talk. I don't know if we've actually talked about it all. I feel like we might have, but I kind of want to 
um, touch on it pretty well. Uh, roost hunting. What do you What do y'all think about that? People who uh, really like to hunt roost. How do y'all think it affects um, uh, ducks? If do y'all think it affects them in the area negatively, like keeping them around, or what do y'all think? Uh, I think it it'll drive them away if you hunt it more. I mean, that's the logical thing because you know you're basically scaring them out of their home. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's exactly what I was about to say. Is if yeah. somebody starts showing up to my neighborhood, blasting off rounds and and taking out my neighbors, I'm I'm leaving town, buddy. Yeah, time for me to get out of there and find a new place to go live. Yeah, for real. Yeah, but I will say, uh, I, I have hunted roost before, um, but I don't do it as a uh, traditional style get out there first thing in the morning and get everything set up i do it more of like a, a midday hunt so i let all the birds come off the roost they go out to wherever they're gonna feed and while they're gone off the roost i'll go in there i'll get set up small spread and then i'll catch a couple groups of birds coming back into the roost and then i pack up and i leave yeah, and then that way, uh, yeah, I'm hunting the roost and I, and I am shooting some birds off of it, but I'm getting groups of, say, maybe five birds to ten birds that are coming in at a time, versus like about our ranch when you got a, a fully packed roost. I mean, you're looking at two thousand birds, three thousand yeah. birds. So to pick off, say, say you shoot at fifty of them versus 2000 you see what i'm saying yeah, yeah for sure so i can grab my grab my limit get out of there and then the other you know 1900 birds can come in there no pressure have no idea what even happened and it's it's just like nobody was ever there yeah see see i don't i don't really have an issue with that i i feel like that's fine you're just getting the birds that are you know trickling in there not all of yeah. them at one time don't overhunt it right yeah um but those guys the people that i see like some of the videos i watch you can tell they're in a roost and uh they're doing an evening hunt and uh it's it's just thousands of birds coming in and they're just blasting at them i don't i don't really like that i think it um I think it runs it runs the whole entire area for a while at least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh yeah, I don't I don't uh just shooting shooting a few in the middle of the day. The main my main issue is like I said the big evening hunts when the birds are trying to get in, you know, and relax for the night and feel safe that that's the main issue i have with that yeah I, I won't touch it if that's the case yeah i won't touch it early in the morning and if and if i show up and there's already a decent amount of birds that are that are in the roost i won't mess with it now if i get in there and say there's 10 or 15 birds in there and i happen to just push them out while i'm getting set up then that's fine but if I yeah. get in there, there's already a, a decent amount. Say there's a, a hundred birds already in there on the roost, then I'll just hang it up and come go back the next day and try again. 
Yeah, that, and and that's got to take a lot of uh, sportsmanship too, because I, I know that's pretty tempting if you roll up on a roost and you already see, you know, a shit ton of birds. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, especially on public. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All the hunters off. Gotta yeah. take what you can get. Um, I was reading this article uh, by Ducks Unlimited uh, about the Delta Marsh located in the southern end of Lake Manitoba. Is that how you say that? Oh, yeah. Pretty close, I think. I don't know. Uh, the Delta Marsh, they they had a big issue with, uh, for the past like 10, 15 years, uh, birds were just not coming in like they used to. And uh, they did a... Uh, some research on the area and they noticed just like a lot of the grasses and the food sources and all that were uh, just kind of dwindling. There wasn't enough food or cover or a combination of both in there and they couldn't figure out why for the longest time. And it ended up being that the carp, uh, grass carp, when they would spawn, they would make their way in there um in the spring and they would just destroy all the grass beds and all the grass plats whatever and uh they would just tear it up they wouldn't leave much behind and um so they had to figure out a way to combat that so in the spring what they started doing is in my head i don't know if this is actually what it is but when i was reading it it said it was a gate that i that they put up um and the mouth in the mouth of the marsh where the some lake flows into it that the carp are from, coming from, and um, it had like pieces of pipe in it, so it had like little gaps in it. Um, so all the little fish could fit through those little gaps, but the big giant grass carp that were tearing up the grass beds and all the food and stuff couldn't fit through it. And I thought that was pretty cool. I'd never, you know, I'd never heard of it or knew they did stuff like that yeah carp yeah, that's, very i've cool. heard of it ain't them little turds yeah um it's crazy i kind of i think america well like probably not the only country but like we just think carp is a trash fish and i i think it has to do with they have like uh, a lot of bones in their meat yeah they got a lot of bones I don't. I don't know why anybody everybody hates on them. But anyway, off topic. Um, I, I, I know they're fun cool. to shoot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> those uh, Asian carp—they're the ones that like uh, up north. They like jump out of the water when people are running up the rivers, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Were... The vibration of the—they said the vibration of the motor or the prop uh, is what scares them, and then they all—they come flying out of the water. And, landing in your boat and stuff. I thought the big heads did that. I didn't know it was the Asians. Yeah. I don't know exactly. I'm not a carp expert. I just thought it was Asian. I don't know. Um, but just imagine, that'd be pretty cool. You know, you have a bad day and you just want to go down the river and then you get slapped in the face with a giant <laughs> carp. I wouldn't know if I'd be pissed or be laughing. <laughs> I think I'd start hitting them back. Like, if I got, I was getting hit a lot and they were just landing in the boat and flying right in front of me, I'd grab a net or something and just start swatting at them. Yeah. And go ham. 
I know they're a big issue. They're they're very invasive. I think they're tearing up the ecosystem quite a bit too. That and tilapia. Tilapia will eat any grass that's in the water. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why we got on. I guess we were that story, the carp, but. Um, well, we were kind of staying on topic with what you were saying because there are fish out there that destroy natural food sources for the ducks. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy to me. Um, I wonder, like, redfish. Well, I guess there's not. Well, well, there's a lot of ducks in saltwater marshes. I wonder why redfish don't do that. Why they don't cause as much damage? I guess they're not eating the grass, but I mean, nah. they're going in the grass to eat shrimp. I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, the, a lot of the little uh, juvenile shrimp actually like kind of settle down in the mud, and then they'll go in there and they'll stir them up out of the mud and and eat on them. But I don't really, I wouldn't think that they would really tear up the grass. Uh, whereas, I mean, the, the carp feed off of it. Yeah, so, that's, yeah, that's true. So the, all the redfish is really doing is just kind of pushing it out of the way and, and searching for other bait fish or shrimp and, and crabs to eat on. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, did y'all hear about the whole uh, pintail thing? We uh, almost had a closed season for pintails. Uh-uh. Yeah, that. we were. I believe I I'm, I don't have it in front of me. I should have saved the link, but I know it's a low number. I think we had um, just past the limit. It was like thirty thousand. Uh, breeding pairs just past the minimum limit Uh, and uh, if if it had been right under it we it would have been a closed season for pintails i think they need to let them breed like give them a couple years well i think i think nationwide it's it's one uh one a limit right or i might be wrong i'm not 100 percent on I don't, remember. don't get me lying to you. Yeah. But um, I was reading that article and it was just talking about uh, why the numbers are so low. And I guess a lot of the farmland, um, a lot of people farming, they're just kind of destroying um, the breeding grounds the pintails like to be in. I, I, it was saying something about like undeveloped marshes and um Stuff that hasn't been touched by man, and um, that that's what they prefer. Prefer. I don't really know why. I don't think it's said, but it's kind of crazy. I will. I do not want to see the day where we cannot shoot any pintails. Yeah. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Maybe I do. Hold on. Oh yeah. Here we go. Okay, I got the numbers right here. Um, the pintail population estimate. Uh, I don't know why why it's an estimate, but oh, we lost Cody. Oh man. 
I sent him an invite. All right, you probably just disconnected. Probably so. It gives me time to read this a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. <clears throat> I don't. I don't know what happened. I guess I, I fat fingered the wrong button on my phone. And... <laughs> All good. <laughs> Everybody's done it. Yeah. All right. So the numbers. Um... I'm looking at it right now, and it's from 1954 all the way to 2016. Uh, 1974, there was right at 4.5 million breeding pairs. Uh, We go up to, we'll just skip to 2000, and there's already a crazy drop. It's right at 3 million breeding pairs. And then 2016 is less than 2.5 million breeding pairs. It's just a constant fall. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know what they're doing to combat it. Um, I mean, I know they're uh, the limits are for pintail that, but I mean, it, it's not going to get better without uh, increasing their breeding grounds where they want to be. You know. Yeah, because you got all these big companies buying all this land. You never know. They they could be breeding grounds for a couple pairs. And they're just buying it and destroying it. Yeah, building apartment complexes or some shit. I was listening to uh, that Midwest Valley Mercenaries podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, that Titus was talking about how, like, whenever they have the real bad droughts up there in Canada, the the a lot of that marsh and the, the wetlands that these birds use for breeding the farmers are able to go in there and consume that ground and, uh, you know, till it up and, and plant and all that stuff. But once you get a couple wet seasons, then it converts back over to the wetlands and, and grasslands and the, the birds get it back. But you know, I don't know if maybe that's got something to do with the, with the pintail or, or what, but, Oh yeah, yeah. I was trying to read this article. It's it's saying that um, their preferred breeding grounds are prairie wetlands, and uh, that's pretty much what it's it's saying. You you hit the nail right on the head. Um, but it says they're also dependent on uh, not just like the you know the giant prairie wetlands, but the small ones too. So I guess I don't know. Everything has a big effect that's just so crazy to me that they're so specific with what they want to breed in i mean i guess a lot of animals are like that yeah and also you got to think with the droughts that we've had the past couple years which this past hunting season was pretty good they had a pretty good hatch but a couple years prior to that they had the pretty bad drought so you they lost a lot of of breeding ground to the farmers consuming it. And then uh, you got to think if you got less water, that's where the birds are the safest, right? So now they're being exposed to say like foxes and, and other stuff like that. They can get a hold of their hatchlings or even their eggs. Yeah. And 
pretty sure if, i mean from the sounds of it with the way that the pin tiller going down uh it doesn't sound like they would even try to have a second hatch if the first one failed yeah that's true so it's almost got to be like all the stars line up in order for that to happen Hopefully, I think this year has been another pretty pretty decent year as far as the weather goes. So hopefully, we'll start seeing an increase in in the numbers. I hope so. Yeah, for sure. Because that's a that's a scary thought. Just thinking about future generations. Not not just me, but uh, you know, later on when I got kids, not being able them not being able to get on some pintails that that's wild yeah well i mean hopefully if, if they do put a, a a hold on the pintail and tell everybody hey we, you know you can't hunt hopefully we do see the increase in the numbers if not then there's a real serious problem going on that needs to be looked at a little bit further yeah for sure. you know because I don't, I don't really believe that the hunters are fully responsible for the decrease in numbers. Uh, I mean, like you said, a lot of it's got to do with the the breeding grounds shrinking. Uh, then you got the add in the droughts, and they're they're so so picky and so finicky about everything, but. Hopefully, if if they do put a hold on the on the hunting of pintail, we'll see an increase and let the population get healthy again, and then then roll back into it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, it might not be the worst thing to just uh, maybe give them a little break for a few years, just so you know, future generations can harvest pintails. But yeah. like you said, I don't think. I don't think it's really the the hunters are the major uh, effect in this scenario. I just I feel like it's the droughts we've been having, like you were saying, and just the lack of breeding grounds they have now from agriculture and such. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I just I read that and I was like, gosh, that's crazy. And I know it's somewhere in that ballpark. It was either thirty thousand or thirty-two, somewhere around there. Uh, that's wild. I didn't even know. I mean, I, it's pretty good that they do that. I didn't know there was a limit. Like, uh, if there was um, only a certain number of ducks breeding pairs, they wouldn't let let people hunt them which is is smart i just didn't know that was a thing yeah yeah and i mean they they have to look at the overall population because if you if you can't track the overall population of birds then you know one day you'll wake up and be like oh man we don't have any pintail left now you know so by them being able to track them they can protect the population in a whole you know so if you kill one they can see how far it traveled and see where you killed it are you talking about those that device they put on the back of the ducks no they put it on the foot 
and you kill it and it has it, you call that number and they'll they'll pay you or some shit. Oh, the band? Yeah. You don't get paid for a band chance. I thought so. I thought you could. I don't think so. I've never heard of that. Well, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like you, besides crappy. the paying part, yeah, you're right. I think there is a number on the band. I don't know. I've never shot a band. Cody, you shot a band? Uh, I haven't. Uh, I think there's a I've, number call. Yeah, I've got a buddy of mine up in Kansas. He shot a goose this past year that was banded. And there, there is a number. You call it. You give them the number off the band. And then they actually they send you. I think they sent it to him by uh, through text with a link. They open it up and it gives you all the information where the bird uh, was originally banded, the date, the location, uh, the approximate age of the bird, and that's really about all the information you get off of it. And then you just let them know, hey, I shot this bird, and you know. Trinity Bay on such and such date and then that's really the, all the information you get it doesn't actually tell you where all the birds been yeah uh, but I mean through historical data you know they can show that you know typically these birds are going to take the same same migration pattern right so then you know this well this bird just traveled all the way from Lake Manitoba, all the way to Trinity Bay, where I shot it. Yeah, yeah, it is cool to see how far they've gone. And and then you can look and say, okay, well, they banded this bird back in 2018, so this bird's probably been making the same flight for six years now, you know, or however long. So. Yeah, for sure. That is. There are some. That they are putting the the GPS tracking devices, it looks like a little backpack. Yeah, yeah. Wrapping it on them, and now that will tell you everywhere that they go. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's pretty neat too. Um, yeah, I think um, I think future on like just. Um, Later on, you know, in the future, I think there's going to be some crazy changes to conservation. I think uh, a lot of stuff's going to get upgraded. Yeah. <clears throat> They're doing uh, some of the public lands in um, Texas that uh, you used to have to, like, reserve over the phone or in person. They're switching a lot of them over to online reservations, which I think is cool. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um. There's one starts with an A. I can't remember it. Uh, Anna, Anna Wall, Anna Hall. I don't know something like that. Um, Anna Wack. Anna Wack. There it is. Um, they're doing that. I've seen a post on uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife. It's it's all online reservation now. Really? Yep. Yep. I have to look into that. Yep. Um. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think it's especially a pain for, like, me or uh, somebody even farther away than me. It's just a pain to have to go all the way down there. I knew a lot of them, they do it over the phone also, but... Yeah. I guess that's that bad, but I think it's cool just to be able to, you know, Google it and make your reservation. Yeah. 
now saying that um it it makes it easier so more people might do it which might make more problems but who knows we'll just have to see how it goes i guess yeah i I think the problem with doing it online is you're you're more likely to have somebody reserve it and then not show up yeah and then just the spot doesn't get hunted right which i mean you'll still have the uh i'm drawing a blank here the people that just stand by i guess he's called standby for the, the blinds that come open I think you, if once you reserve, you have to check in by, I think, like 5 a.m. And if you don't check in by 5 a.m. for your reserves blind, then they give it away to the standby people. But if you are doing it online, I don't really think you're going to have as many people show up for the standby. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I think if you're going to go through the trouble of picking up the phone, calling, actually dealing with somebody to make the reservation for the blind, you're more apt to put in the effort to make it there and and get your hunt in. Whereas if you check in online, you're like, ah, whatever, I'm going to stay out tonight and drink. I'll hunt, I'll hunt it some other time. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And then you just... Maybe, maybe to prevent that, uh, maybe they could do, I know some of those places, they actually charge to reserve a blind. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know if that yeah. place does, but um, maybe they can do, if you don't end up checking in or something, maybe they can do a um, an extra charge. Right. But yeah. I still don't think it. A lot of people, you're right. A lot of people are lazy. They'll just do it over the phone and be like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing that. Oh, well, let's pay the $15 fee or whatever. Right. <clears throat> um, so I think, what are we, two and a half, two and a half months out of teal season, away from teal season now? I think it's, I think it's pretty close. Yeah. It's, um, it's getting close. I'm starting to see uh, everybody's getting back into posting duck hunting content, and I am absolutely loving it. There for a while, it was just fishing for me. That's all the content <laughs> I'm saying. I've been practicing my teal and my mallard call, and I've been watching a lot of people build their impoundments. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for uh, this upcoming season. Um our first training session, Cody, with my dog, do you remember he went into a training program? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's doing great. Like, uh, he's turned around, like, all the issues I was having have completely changed. He is, I mean, he's still goofy, he's still got his personality, but uh, just, just his manner about working is completely different, and I can't be more satisfied. Dude, I'm so excited to see him in action. Yeah. Dude, he is, they've been working the shit out of him. I, I think he lost 12 pounds um, since he's been gone, and it's only been a month. It's only been a month? Dang. Well, it's been two months now, but when we seen him, it had only been a month. Oh, I got you. 
yeah, it was it was absolutely crazy. And I really that that was the one part I didn't like. You don't ever like to see, or at least I don't. Um, it was just kind of challenging for my brain to accept he had lost that much weight. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, besides that, I'm super excited. I just had to come to the conclusion that, you know, he wasn't sitting in the house all day. He was actually working all day. So yep. just, <laughs> just one of them things. As looked it up, till season kicks off September 10th through the 25th. Yep. My main goal for teal season is uh, I want to get a blue wing teal. I want to get a blue wing. I ain't, I ain't even shot a teal. I don't care what color it is. They're probably all going to look the same this early. Yeah. They're not going to have their colors in yet. You don't even think they'll have – I mean, I know they're not going to be fully plumed out, but you don't even think some of them will have uh, a little shade? I'm sure they might be starting to get it, but I don't – I don't think you're, you know, I mean, you're not going to get anything that's worth putting on the wall. Yeah, I see what you're Not in September. Um, how many, have you ever got a cinnamon teal, Cody? I have not. That is another, like, if I ever get one of those, I'm going to flip shit 100%. Oh, it's getting mounted. Yeah. Um. I want to go down to South Texas and and do a hunt, try to get one. Deep South Texas? Oh yeah. Don't isn't there a few that that go uh, kind of the area we hunt? You know, a little not as far south. Um, I think I could probably count on one hand how many times I've heard of one being shot around here, and and the people that have told me that they've either shot one or seen one shot said it's been years since hmm. but, but I say that and then the same breath they also told me oh we don't get mallards in the bay no more and then I went and shot a mallard this last <laughs> season <laughs> in the bay yeah so, you never know I guess yeah they're 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 not a computer program. You can't predict what's going to happen. They're, you know, no. they're they're living things. They're going to do what they want to do. Yep. Now, so that, they do have a a norm, but uh, some birds are you know they're a little weird. They'll go outside the norm, you know. Yeah, stragglers. Yeah, for sure. Um. But yeah, two and a half months. I, I think I'm gonna legit get a calendar just so I can, you know, do the whole suspenseful Xing off each day until duck season, you know. Get a countdown app. <laughs> yeah, I get a countdown. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a countdown app on my phone. <laughs> um I I don't know. It's it's so crazy to me. Like I've talked even at work, I'm always talking about duck hunting. I think I kind of annoy the people I work with. They probably think, like, this guy's crazy. He literally only thinks about ducks. <clears throat> I think about ducks more than I do any kind of species you can actually hunt. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, deer are not even on my radar anymore. I mean, uh, it'd be a deer, but uh, it's not what I'm going after. I'm going after them ducks. Yeah, well, I say deer aren't on my radar. I'm I'm wanting to take my uh, 
my girl deer hunting a lot more, but for me, no, nah, I don't. I don't even care no more. Yeah. I don't know. I still, I still have a a love for it all. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, my focus is on duck season because I'm getting, I'm just now getting into it. Yeah, I want to learn, kill some birds. And don't don't get me wrong, I like I like running in the boat when it's pitch black outside, hanging out with the friends and and I having a big... good time, especially when the birds are working. But yeah, I also like climbing up in that ladder with my bow on a nice cool morning and just tucking in. And then watching the sunrise come up, yeah, hard to beat too. Yeah, any 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 time spent in the woods is amazing. It doesn't really matter. I, it's just it's where I find my peace of mind. It doesn't matter, even if I'm not. It's deer hunting or even just squirrel hunting or dove hunting. I I enjoy out there for sure. I've made some of the best memories. We haven't even killed any birds, and I've still made memories out there just watching everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. Uh, Chance, you got anything you want to bring up? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, okay. And what, in y'all's opinion, when y'all are going to look at spots, what kind of food are y'all looking for for, like, new hunters? Like before you even think about hunting, what's the first thing y'all look for? Man, for for me, I'm I'm more so looking for signs of birds. Uh, I mean, you can have the food source, you can have the habitat, you can have the water, but if the birds ain't there, they ain't there, right? So it it helps it helps to have the food sources. Uh, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I could, I could walk right by something, and I'm not necessarily at that stage in my game to where I could look over and like instantly recognize. Oh yeah, there's a, that's a food source right there. Um, so but if I'm going out scouting, I'm taking my binoculars. I'm looking for birds, maybe even feathers from where they roosted. Uh, sometimes I will sit on the river. And I'll watch them fly. They'll fly up and down the river. We'll watch them fly by. We'll crank up the boat. And we'll just kind of cruise and see which way they go from there. And then pull it up on the map. Like, all right, they broke off the bank here. Oh, look, here's a couple little pretty open ponds, 100 yards. We'll walk in there and look at it. You know, and that might be where we hunt the next time and try it out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Birds. I agree with you on that. Birds actually putting your eyes on the birds is most important i actually got a couple big hunts that i'm gonna do this year yeah one on the the trinity river huh um i don't know if y'all are around uh i know down here in the south a lot of birds aren't breeding down here but um i will say that i have seen um some mallard hatchlings on this lake I live right next to. Now we, we rode up the river the other day and uh, there's some wood ducks with their hatchlings. We, we flushed them up by accident. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that was the only group that I seen. It was a, a hen and 
Did she have four, four or five little ones with her? Wow. Oh. That that's so good to see. I think I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um but yeah, I was uh going across this the lake I live right next to and um I'd looked over, I go across it almost every morning for work and um I looked over and I seen a duck out there. And uh sure enough, there was some, you know, baby ducks following right behind the hen. I was like, "Holy shit, that is crazy." And I don't know if we talked about it on the last episode, but I know for a fact now um, there are some mallards that stay down south and uh, all year. It's not all the mallards go go up north. Yeah, yeah. There was a. I think I sent y'all the video of me running the boat, and those two mallards were flying over the top of me. Oh uh, yeah, that was right here on Lake Houston. Uh, probably what three, four weeks ago, and then uh, that was on one side of the lake. And then whenever we got to the other side of the lake, there was another group of uh, three mallards that were swimming around together. I'm like, I don't know if these are somebody's pet. <laughs> They're just coming to the lake to hang out for the day, like we do, or what? <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking the same exact thing before I started actually doing research. I was like man, these ducks or somebody's pets or, you know, they're, they're not wild. And, right. Um, and then I started seeing a lot, like there's this one cove specifically that I swear to you, I see at least a dozen mallards just sitting on the side of the lake, chilling out. And I was like, you know what? That's kind of wild for that there to be that many just um, pet ducks in this one area. So I, I did some research and turns out, you know, some of them do stay down here. Well, can't handle the cold, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're living <laughs> things. They prefer uh, different stuff. Yeah. Well, like, have y'all uh, looked, I, I know Cody, you said y'all were uh, running around and, um, on your boat have y'all looked at any of the spots uh that you hunt during the season here um i i haven't uh i went to a new spot that i wanted i wanted to hunt it last year and uh we went and checked it out but i know a lot of people hunt it but i probably won't just because the fact that it's it's full of wood wood duck houses and i mean it's probably got 20 wood duck houses on this thing so um, it kind of goes back to the whole roost thing right so uh i know a lot of people that do hunt it a guy just the other day showed me some pictures they went in there and and just absolutely murdered the birds but it was kind of like yeah i'll just hit the lake right across from it and if i catch them cutting across then so be it yeah For sure. I went in, um, I checked out one of the spots I hunted a lot last year and, uh, I was just kind of looking at what the natural vegetation was doing and, um, with how low the, this lake got last year during the summer. And I will say that that drought, when the water levels got real low, um, it, it has made the natural vegetation just 
go crazy. There is so much food in these holes. Uh, that's good. Yeah, for sure. That, and that pond uh, that we planted last year, um, I went and looked at that also the other day, and uh, it's crazy. Our, we're on the second year of rice coming up. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Volunteer? Yeah, we're on volunteer crop. Haven't planted anything this year. And uh, there's rice coming up, and it's just there's so much yellow nut sedge in there, which is also a duck food source. It, it looks like a totally different pond, and I don't know if drought or if everything we planted died and put a lot of organic material on the bottom of the pond for more stuff to grow, but whatever whatever happened, it, it helped this pond uh, um, be able to hold more ducks for sure. Yeah, it looked pretty good when you FaceTimed me that one day. Yeah, man, I was... Um, I'm I'm super excited to see what that has to offer this year. Um, really had to do with that is figure out what we're going to do about the blind situation. Yeah, we got a we got a uh, a frame blind right next to this pond, and uh, that was our major problem. I feel like. Um, yeah, it stuck I, out like four times. Yeah, it it stuck out, and I, I mean, I brushed the blind. We've talked about that before. I brushed the blind so <laughs> much stuff. And uh, I just think it it looked out of place. Yeah. But uh, my my plan for that is to get that blind out of there and either just set something temporarily um, up under that under a tree that's right on the edge of the pond and hunt from that, or uh, dig dig a hole for a pit blind. I think we can huh? we can get an excavator there. We can do it. Yeah. Y'all really trying to work, huh? Yeah, we <laughs> oh man, you have no idea. We uh you remember that impoundment we were telling you about? Yeah. We spent uh I don't know, thirty hours, at least thirty hours one weekend, uh trying to get a um a drain system set up for this place. And I mean it, it was horrible. There was mosquitoes, was so humid, it was it was so bad and uh <clears throat> we really didn't figure it out uh it's it, it, i mean it'll work but um it's not great we've kind of i wouldn't say we gave up but um we gave we're a little other options now yeah um the area it's in it's it, it, it there's so much work that it, it's just not possible for us um now, granted, if I was a millionaire and I could uh, rent a giant bulldozer and, uh, you know, buy a water gate and pay somebody to do the elevation for the drain system, yeah, it'd be fine. But, you know, I don't have that. That was our big thing. If we could have got a piece of equipment out there, I feel like we could have made it work. But we can never really get a excavator back there to do it. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, it's it's one of those things, you know. You, yeah, you gotta you gotta <laughs> make do with what you got, and we're we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna have a more successful season than last season. That's my goal for every season. So, yeah, for sure. Last year uh, we went up from my first year, which my first year was absolutely horrible. But I had no clue, you know. It was just me 
figuring everything out on my own. So uh, we got a stepped up and we got some more birds and we figured out public options. So we just got to keep improving, you know. That's it. It's all about. Yep. Um, I actually, I we were talking about calling earlier. I was trying to say earlier, I got to get a new call. I done blown the reeds out in this call. I got to get a new teal call. Yeah. Order, order you some new reeds. Keep keep the old reeds and order you some new ones and then just trim them down. I was I was thinking about doing that and then I was like, you know, these this call looks pretty good, you know. What's $110? You know, I'm going to use it. <laughs> um, I guess I I might do that cuz I really do like this call. It's and it probably be cool to keep, you know, my first actual duck hunting call, so I'll probably keep it and just use that use it as a spare. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna order. I actually have a guy um on TikTok. He's wanting he. I think he's already made it. They've been doing shows all across the country and stuff, so he's been super busy. But he's supposed to have made me a call, and uh, we're supposed to be figuring out a shipping shipment date. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, and then the real decoy, Cody, did I tell you about that? The company, the real decoy? I I think so. I think we talked about it before. I'm super excited about that. I think the company company is based out of, um, I want to say, I feel like Oklahoma. It might not be Oklahoma. I don't remember to be honest, but, uh, I talked to the owner for an hour and a half one day. I'd sent him an email. And uh, super laid back dude, and some of their decoys are really cool. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, working with them also. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Anything else? Y'all got anything else been on your mind? Uh, any early, real, real early preparations y'all are doing or buying stuff or? Uh, I've been looking to get another pair of waders. I get an pair of waders. Yeah. Wow. And I'm getting a new choke before the season starts. Oh, yeah. I want to get me a new choke and some new decoys. I just got to get my accountant to unass some money. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to get the extended, like modified. No, extended modified. Yeah. I started getting on some birds around here, man. Y'all just have to come come down here where I'm at. We, we got to figure out something. I got a few different game plans, but uh, we got to figure out something better for sure. Yeah. We can all load up in the boat and either hit the river or hit the bay. I'm down for anything. Go make it happen. I will make it We were actually... Um, I say we, me and my girlfriend and her brother, um, we were down in uh, San Leon not too long ago. Okay. That's about uh, about 45 minutes to an hour from me. Yeah, we were we were doing some fishing. We took a little two-day trip, and uh, we're doing fishing. Yeah, I was supposed to go, but I had graduation. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there, I think... I've seen a lot of water turkeys down there. I remember that. I remember, I remember when we went, there was a lot of water turkeys. 
Those things are funky looking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to figure something out for sure. I wanna, I wanna. Um, I'd like to hunt with experienced hunters. You know, more experienced than me. This yeah. Year, I mean, I enjoy taking people out new hunt, but um, you know, I want to learn some tips. You know, I want to learn a lot of stuff from some guys that've been doing it for a little bit. That's why I'm going yeah. on with this one guy because he's been hunting forever. Yeah. But... Well, fellas, I I hate to cut y'all short, but this guy's gonna get in bed. It was good talking to both of y'all. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, man. Up. Take it easy. Oh, yeah. We'll catch up again here pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Well, we got to do these more often. I, I can't let life get too busy. I can make oh, yeah. for an hour and a half podcast. Right. Yeah. But, well, all right, Tim. Right, we'll, we'll talk to you later. Yeah. Well, shoot. Fire away. If you could go on a hunt with anybody, who would it be? Like, okay, um, oh, man, that is a hard one. Yeah. There's this guy on um, YouTube that I watch. His name's Bobby. You've probably seen some of the videos. Uh, But I think I'd like to go on a hunt with him. Or maybe... Yeah, yeah, I think that, that'd be my go-to. He seems like a pretty cool guy. I think that you know Outlaw on YouTube. Oh yeah, I want to go with him. He he can kill some. Yeah, for sure. I think he hunts mostly geese though. Yeah, he does do a lot of geese hunting. Like snow geese. I don't even think he really goes after connect. That'd be cool. Have somebody with a lot more experience than me. Thank you all for listening to the Simply Waterfowl podcast. We look forward to putting out more content.